This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the second volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40K's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Ryan Laplante and players Tom McGee as Interrogator Nero Abagnale, Laurie Elizabeth as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt as Seth Corbin, and Del Borovic as Sister Lolien Mina. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Band have prepared for the heist. Seth proposed that Piper impersonate Rancid Cologne. Olien made Seth and Piper realize that, despite Nero's shortcomings, he still managed to keep the ball alive. And since Warden cannot enter the ball, a bomb was planted in Piper's brain as a failsafe. Just how long will the band's disguises fool the Dominion Omnium's rulers? Find out next, in this episode of The Valentine Heresy. From the personal musings of Fabius Bile, recorded by his Chirurgan. Forewarned is forearmed, a favorite saying of the Phoenicians, I recall. And you all know your plan, but it is now time for Gazi Cologne, the secretly acting governor of the Dominion Omnium Protohive and the entire planet of Inanis Umbra to find out what your plan is so he can be forewarned about your replacing his father and other various and sundry details. Uh, you both are given a ground car along with an escort, one car full of troopers from each of the three houses that are outside the Bolter Express. So it is an armed convoy in the sense of a small presidential convoy taking you to uh, the Governor's Citadel at the center of the city. Again, the Governor's Citadel is the tallest structure that is present. It is at the very center of the hive. Uh, you are driven up to an entrance uh, and escorted inside. No one asks you what you're doing here. They don't even bother. Uh, they just, unless you tell them anything else, will take you up to the Governor's floor through that same entrance elevator that you had taken on your previous trip. Uh, do Warden, you want to direct them elsewhere? Is Warden coming up with us still? Or are we are we leaving him? Uh, Warden is with Piper, with so me, yeah. Oh right, sorry. It's just uh, this is just Seth and Mina going on this trip because right, right. I'm getting brain bombed and yeah. face Piper is whatever being surgically altered, and Nero is working on the Torox. Yeah, I thought I thought more time would pass. This makes sense. Yeah, no, um, this is all the the simultaneous afternoons that we are yeah. discovering the results of. Uh, no, Seth doesn't want doesn't have any additional instruction or anything like that. He's looking to just speak with Gazzy. Yeah, and I think Mina will follow him because she wants to make sure that Gazzy points them to the correct guards and she's not just addressing all of their guards or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. Fair enough. So you were taken into the elevator. Uh, it is a multi-key uh, security process, as you had seen previously on your visit. You didn't catch all the details then, but you can see now that it takes two guards with two separate keys to turn to take the elevator up to the governor's floor. You don't stop on any floors along the way. You can't tell whether this elevator is direct or whether it has doors on the outside. It's not clear from within whether it could just open at every floor or this is the you just get to the governor for security reasons special. 
Uh, when you exit at the top, you're escorted through that same maze of mirrors, walls, windows that make it so hard to see what's going on. This time, there is no attempt to intimidate you with any of the security. The servitors are clearly powered down. There are no lasers tracking you. It's clear you're the Inquisition visiting now, which is very different than four people being escorted up after, I don't know, several murders and political consequences. Uh, and you are brought to that same table on the other side where Gazi had sat with you previously. He waves behind you and the two guards that were escorting you, clearly ceremonial, not in any way trying to control your behavior, uh, turn and immediately start marching back through the mirrors. And he is sitting in before you in a simple robe. It's a purple, uh, tied in at the waist, almost kimono. Uh, clearly had not intended your visit, but had left wherever he was and come out to take a seat at this wooden table. There are two chairs waiting for you, so someone clearly gave notice that you were coming up. It's one of the long tables, but he's on the far side. It's lengthwise, and you have two chairs opposite him. He says, so how can I help you? Uh, hello, Gazzy. We are here to uh, enlist your cooperation for the heist. It is my understanding that... The objective of the heist is to retrieve some sort of object or trinket and to bring it back to the governor and place it in his hands. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. How are you going to get House Bane to be the one who's successful? House Bane is not going to win this round. All right. We are. Your house is. But that means we're winning Yes, and if it I'm does. going to become governor, I die, and the system devolves into civil war. That was why we needed House Bane to win. I don't have an army or a house of any real financial value. House Bane has put us on the back foot, uh, along with a couple of the other houses. Uh, favors are owed. Blackmail is in play. And so we need to be put in a stronger position because we will be trading in favors. We will be, the end game is for House Bane to win, but we need to be useful to House Bane. We need House Bane to want what we have. All right, so you're hoping that we can win the governorship and then hand it over? As the heist does not decide the governorship tomorrow, there are still more gauntlets, more tests, yes? There's one more. There's one more. That will be the one that truly counts. So winning this gives us the best hand to play in dealing with House Bane, securing your future and the world's future. All right, there's a legal precedent if we can argue that they're more effectively positioned and they won the tertiary game. It's not impossible. It's not It's not suicidal. It's just close. But they, they need to win tomorrow then. Yes. Okay. Yes. How can I help you? You're, you're my team. So you've access to everything that's mine. If we're going to win this, we're going to do it right. Our plan is this. One of ours will impersonate your father. The rest of us will hide here. And one of the other houses' teams will deliver the artifact into our hands. And in doing so, we will then deliver it to the true governor. He is now looking at you like you're completely insane. How are you going to impersonate my father? It's already being taken care of. The Magus biologist is making the necessary cosmetic changes to one of our operatives. Okay, okay. Um... So traditionally, and this is kind of the big tradition thing, uh, the governor is on a stage in front of the whole crowd, and then the item is walked up to him in front of the whole crowd. I can't really change that because they're going to know something is going on. So if you've got an imperfect governor, we're going to need to find an excuse to get my dad off the stage and then have whoever's dropping things off to your target somewhere else, I guess. Well, then Unless they're perfect. If they look exactly like him, put them on the stage. As long as they can moan, I'm fine. I cover for them anyways. Well, this information may then prove useful to our ruse. My colleague here has discovered that House Vance 
is planning to initiate a sort of cold war with your house in particular. Why? I'm so careful. We keep everything balanced. I've seen some chatter, but it didn't make sense. What happened? Oh, I'm sorry. Of... <laughs> oh, well, all right. That's another way to respond. Uh, what are you sorry for? Sorry doesn't help in like... interplanetary governance. <laughs> Seth, like Midlai just seethes at the sound of <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just, ah, yes. Sorry, your <laughs> planet is going to be part of a Cold War now. She continues. <laughs> Okay, roll me a deception. Let's roll a deception. <laughs> no, dig up, stupid. <laughs> What's oh. the difficulty? Five. <laughs> if there was numbers higher than five, it would be that, but I'm going to give you a five. It would normally story points, but I'm, I'm not. I uh, Seth is like. There's no way to say this. Seth. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, no. he, like he like like he balks kind of at it. Like he, it is, it is bad. And He's contributing to the five. This is partially <laughs> Nero's fault because I did teach her the value of apologies. <laughs> <laughs> well, you taught her the value of forgiveness, but apologies don't always get that. Oh, oh I, I I know. I'm a terrible teacher. We've established. I've made, made a terrible mistake. So it's five and three are reds because you're going up against his skill set politically. Oh. All right. I probably take strain for this too, don't I? Uh yeah, you take a you take one strain. What? All oh, talking to the politicians. That's how it rolls. All right. <laughs> yeah, she, she's see trying how badly to, I failed. Right. to affect it. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to give you a setback because Seth <laughs> fell apart visually. Oh, no. Hope we don't have to kill him. All right. Rolling <laughs> this terrible, terrible roll. <laughs> yeah. Four failures, three threats. That's pretty much what I thought. Well, I mean, no despair. So that's something. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Piper. <laughs> so through some work that does not involve me or my father or the governance of this planet, I'm hoping it's Inquisition business. And he sees you wince and he's like, Nope, it was something completely unrelated to your mission. You have now started a cold war in a system that I had managed to keep peaceful for 10 years of a drooling man on the throne. Just to be clear, that's what we're doing. I'm going to need to speak to the gods that are going to be at the <laughs> heist tonight. Okay. Okay. I will send you to speak to them. Thank you. And he just points at a door to the side of the room. Yep, this is the door. I'm, goodbye. <laughs> and you go through it. And we'll cut to that scene in a minute. But Seth, you are left behind. <laughs> Seth, uh, regaining some composure, kind of slicking his hair back again, like it kind of, <clears throat> uh, well, I assure you, Gazi, that the ultimate result of these labors will be a stabilized world government. Ten more years. Here's to that. I'm not going to be the governor! It's someone else! You yes, just, if, Lucia The moment Bain. I'm not governor, I'm dead! You just killed everyone in this fucking building! All I had is this job and then put a sane person in this job. Only now I'm going to get completely fucking murdered. And if she has a shit claim to the throne, the Cold War carries over to her. Lucia Bain is campaigning on unity. She, I have spoken with her. I have been in her presence. She will stamp out dissension. And we, throughout, throughout these games, may be in a position to help her as well. Are you going to kill the other houses? I can't see how this ends well, if, if you don't. That's Inquisition business. 
whether or not we kill these other houses. <laughs> what you don't know could be crucial to your health, Gazzy. All right, let's go with a... Ooh, I like this. Skullduggery. I feel like that is what this is. It's it's more than a deception. This is like criminal combination of <laughs> coercion, threats, confusion, and lies. This is Fabius Bile reaching out to all those arch heretics and other dangerous psychopaths out there. There is only one way to truly defeat the Emperor and his pathetic lickspittles, and that is to make sure that they do not unify themselves and their false beliefs and empty gods. They must not join a Patreon. They must never join patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Then our cabal can rise to the heights of brutality and cruelty. We can slay every player character, skin the flesh from their bones, and leave them with no hope remaining. Unless, somehow, people go to patreon.com slash dumdumdice. With enough support, perhaps they could stop us. But that will never happen. <laughs> what I will say, so your difficulty will be Difficulty will be three red. Um, you will have your setbacks from trying to talk to a higher class person as a lower class person. Yes. Uh, simply because sure you are kind of greasy and the more reputable person in the room left after clearly being a problem. Um, double boost for the fact that you are legitimate Inquisition because he is aware of that fact and that's kind of undeniable. You do get to play the I have more information than you do card even if it sounds like bullshit, and it might not be. Oh, sorry. I just want to see if it's one or two. I think it's one. I think it's one in both either direction. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. One, one feels right. And I'm going to spend a story point uh, to in, to add a purple to that as well. So difficulty will be four. Three of them red. Okay. You get two boost for Inquisition. Uh, and you get one setback for your social weakness with someone of his scale. Uh, I would like to spend a story point if it's available. Yes, it is. Okay. So I'm at four green, one yellow versus one purple, three red. Not great. Two boost, one setback. Two blues, yeah, one black. Okay. Let's see what happens. Two advantages, one failure. We were close. He goes quiet and just nods. Uh, from what you would read of the situation, he does not believe your story. The failure stands. The advantage is he's not going to fight you on it right now. And it doesn't seem like he's going to turn on you like and become an active enemy of the Inquisition. However... You know the cards you've played. You know the situation you're in. There's not going to be a lot of trust here in that you are looking out for his interests or the planet's interests. It's clear with the Inquisition card that you're looking out for the Inquisition's interests. Right. Which, realistically, he may have been a little naive to think that way in the first place. You probably think that, Seth, <laughs> if he thought yeah. it was. Anyone who thinks their system is more important than the Inquisition, he's in a rare position to have that be true some of the time, but it's still not true. Um. But yeah, you have stuck him in a mess and you know it. Yep. Uh, where do you continue this conversation? What do you need from him? <clears throat> Cooperation. And if he's silent and nodding, I've got it. Uh, and I will basically uh, outline some instructions that I need from him. Um, uh, and that I'll need him to potentially play along in the ruse if it's we don't have a perfect copy of the governor we'll need him to play along that there's some sort of security threat potentially by house Vance, um, and that the governor must be moved, be it temporarily or permanently. And that's when the switch will be made. 
Okay. So just to be clear so that I've got this for myself, his instructions are to be ready. You're putting him in charge of the distraction that gets the governor out of the ballroom into a separate area, unless if, you've got a perfect governor. If that is required, yeah, yeah. Okay, so A plan, you bring perfect governor. B plan, he gets your less gets the real governor out of there, yeah. and you have a fake governor to deal with. I teach him a gesture of ours that we use for our silent communication that he can, so that I can also make that executive decision and signal to him. It, it's the it's on both of us to kind of decide. Great. So so what what is the signal if you're going to give it to him? Just that I have that. <clears throat> down. Um, I think I teach him um, not necessarily the meaning of the Morse code, but what kind of gestures to look out for. And I am basically wrapping the tips of my fingers rhythmically on my thigh as I'm standing at attention. Because okay, I'm, so it's the equivalent of like it. the baseball pitch plays that you see yeah. from catchers when they're telling yeah. the pitcher what to throw. Okay, yeah, yeah that makes sense to me. So he will be watching you for that specifically. Okay. Great. Um, at which point he just says, are we done? We are. The Inquisition thanks you for your cooperation. Sure. And he just knocks on the table once and walks out the door behind him and leaves you to wait for the return of Sister Mina. Mina, you've entered a side room and find yourself uh, standing opposite a desk that clearly has a, a man behind it who looks super drill sergeant is how I would describe it. Just the shock of hair that goes straight up and buzzed back. Um, muscular, not super, not like super gen-hanced like you see uh, amongst the house leaders, but clearly on the fitter side, the professional lifts weights and punches things for a living side. <laughs> the office itself is pretty stark. There are weapons along both walls. It's clearly an armory of some sort, but these aren't the unified weapons you would expect if this was a guard post. These are clearly trophies of, you know, last pistol, last gun, last lock. He's got some like, one of every last that you've ever seen <laughs> of all the different planetary makes from several systems away. Uh, and behind the desk, which is a burnished steel, there's no paint, there's nothing shiny about it, it's just beat up. Uh, there's a man sitting at a rolling chair that's squeaking as he's there. He's, he's just hunched over working, purple fatigues, uh, and there's a giant silver helmet with a purple horsehair plume sitting next to where he's physically writing out reports. And he's like, what are you doing? Hello, I am with the Inquisition and I need to speak to the guards that will be posted tonight at the ball. I'm the guard leader of House Cologne, Truncheon Cranius. What can I do for you? And he just comes up and comes around and takes your forearm in that, that warrior's grip and just shakes it really hard. He's like, what do you need? Oh, she shakes his hand back. She's like, that's a very nice name. Um, I need t uniforms of the guard and I need some weapons to be posted in, in the ball in a place that they can be accessed at a time that we need. Here, you can have this gun right now. What do you need the uniform? I'll put the uniform. Sure, they're just outfits. And he hands you a giant, it's a portable last cannon, so it's very heavy, but he just jams it in your hands. If you drop it, it will go on your feet. So now you're just stuck holding it. <laughs> okay, she's, yeah, she's just going to hold it. He's like, yeah, I can get you gear. What do you need it for? Who's uh, coming uh, in? We'll fucking kill him. Yes, that's the issue, is we have concerns about the security, so we need to be sure that these uniforms, two, two uniforms and weapons will be stashed extra. Oh, fuck yeah, we having a house war? And you just see him, he's like fist pumping the air, he's like, I fucking knew it! Who the fuck is coming in? I'm gonna gun him down, my maggots are out there ready to rock! You're, you're certainly making me feel a little better than I did a moment ago. Oh, um, yeah, nobody wants a house war except me, because I've always wanted to die fighting. So who are we taking out? Which color? You tell me, I'll put a hole in it. I agree with you. I also would like to die fighting, but preferably not tonight. So I cannot give you more information than that, but I will be on the lookout for you at the ball so I can tell you more if I need to. Since I know that you are ready to fight and ready to die for this system. Oh, yeah. I'll get those boys locked and loaded. This is going to happen. We'll get the whole house on lock. 
extra guns, <laughs> extra killing. I'm calling in the mercs. This is going to be amazing. You let me know which house when you get here, we'll burn them all down. Well, I think it would be grand to have more people in, in waiting, but please do not change the current configuration of who will be attending the ball because we don't want to show our hand. You understand? Uh, can you roll me? What, what, what skill do you think you're using to try to convince him? And I'm not trapping you with like no, charm because no, no. I don't think that's where you're at. No. I um, I would accept uh, a melee light for this, actually, because oh, I think it's I you talking to him as that. a... Because you were talking to him as a pro. I think this represents yes. your military experience. And the idea of if we show up heavy, they're going to know we're going to shoot. Yes. Makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, difficulty for this, I will set at two. Okay. Um, I will give you... Uh, he's pious, so you get your oh, boost for okay. the fact that he's religious. And I will give you a setback because you were telling the security guy that stuff is going to go down but not bring extra security. Right. Great. Okay. All right. I got that. That's my melee light. So I've got two greens, three yellows, two purples, one blue, one black. That feels right to me. All right. One success, two advantages. Just sneaking it in there. All right. We'll keep everything the same so nobody needs to know except those who needs to know. Exactly. I will have your uniforms for you. And do you need, are you giving me the weapons or do you need me to, yes. you can show up with weapons. You're the heist people. Oh, I was told we weren't allowed to bring weapons. Well, you're not supposed to kill anybody in the ballroom because people miss and then shoot rich people. But I, if you just, you could carry them in. Oh, all right. Well, well do you want like an extra big gun? I got yes. Be- Perfect. You can have that one. And he just points to the last cannon that's in your hands. Well, and he's I like, need you to place it at, in the ballroom, like so. I'm not carrying it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll put it somewhere nice and sneaky for you. And Perfect. He, he takes the last cannon from me that you were struggling to carry, but for him, it's just up, flip against the wall. He's like, anything else you need? I think this is the first person that Mina is like, this is an attractive man. (laughs) 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 And she's like, thank you. That is perfect. I truly appreciate your help. All right, then. uh, Get out there, kill some heretics, and uh, we'll take down whatever coup's going on later. Oh, thank you. That's quite reassuring. Emperor Bless. (laughs) She bows and leaves. Perfect. You bump into Seth, who's on his own, and the two of you get to ride the same elevator back down. Uh, they Truncheon himself, I guess, will, will escort you back through the, the mirror maze. You're both mm-hmm. trying to remember some of the path. Uh, can you both roll me a perception? I'm going to say it's difficulty five, three yellow. This is not going to be a critical one if this tanks. I just want to give you the off chance that you may be able to learn some of this maze in case you need it at a future point. Five, three red? Uh, sorry, yes. Uh, so five, three, red is what I meant for the difficulty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, four failures, three threats. Nothing for me. Plus two boost to perception. I didn't apply those, but fuck it. Uh, four successes, three threats. Four cool. successes, three threats. Wow. Nice. Um, what I will say for you, Seth, make a note. This will give you... Uh, two steps towards learning the path through the maze. You're not going back out the same way that you came in this time and you have the ability to spot that. So clearly there are multiple successful paths, which also means there are multiple routes that you can get lost in. Uh, In terms of the threats, I will say that you notice that there are a few servitors that are active that you had not spotted on the way in that are clearly always live. So you okay. know that mistakes in this maze, even if it's deactivated, can get you shot or killed if you are to come through this even stealthily on a sneak mission. Okay. And then you're back in the elevator and on your way down. Uh, Trunchy has his own golden key that he wears that clearly overrides the other two, and he sends you down without having to ride with you. You both have this awkward, long, creaking 40K elevator ride having just experienced the things you've experienced. <laughs> mm-hmm. What's the elevator ride like? How does this go? Seth will remain motionless and silent, but has something if Mina utters like even a syllable. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um, but Mina doesn't know that. Mina yeah, is... Exactly, exactly. No. Mina had the worst time ever and the best time ever, and it's now on an elevator with Seth. 
I met a boy. <laughs> <laughs> That's new. She she's like doing Seth is doing the stare forward and she does the couple glances, the glances over. She's I think even the glances then trigger oh, where he's really? just like okay. he just if you say that you're sorry, I am going to lose it. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think you made a good plan. That's all. My plan is falling apart before it even begins. Seems like everything does that here. We've lost significant face with Gazzy today, Mina. I am aware. I was aware as soon as the entire situation occurred, and I am regretful. I hope that we can make it right. Yes, I hope so, too. And in that awkward silence, you both arrive back on the ground floor. The elevator opens and you're escorted back out where your cars take you back to the property. When you arrive, you meet Nero, who's completed his Torox journey, and you all go up to the fourth floor to wait <laughs> alongside Warden to see what the results of this surgery will be, which is when I open up the surgery rolls <laughs> and, <laughs> and we figure out the role to figure out how good this whole thing is. So you have the equivalent of a spire chirurgeon in a highly advanced hospital. Because the room that Ignatius is performing the surgery in is not just a hotel room with a bed in it. He brought his servitors in. They had a full night's work, which for people would be an impressive amount of work. For a team of servitors controlled by a Magos biologist is five guys doing the equivalent of that, what is it, three guys in a truck, that moving company, or if you've hired movers, they just sprint the right. whole eight hours yeah. for some reason. It's that. So there is none of the traditional furniture. The walls have been stripped down. Um, those of you sitting, uh, he wouldn't even bother to hide his surgical area. So you could watch the end of this, or you could be waiting in an ante room. Where would you want to wait? Uh, Ignatius wouldn't bother to close a door to hide something as long as it was sterile. Uh, Mina does not want to watch this, that's for sure. So. Seth wants as much of an advantage on this like as he can get. Like, If it looks like it's going to be good, then that's reassuring. If it looks like it's not going to be perfect, at least he has this amount of advance notice to start trying <laughs> okay. to figure things out. Yeah, I definitely join Seth. Um, knowing that uh, Ignatius was able to figure out what's going on with uh, the template and everything else, I think despite kind of being at odds with Piper, I would still now be like worried about that in general and almost doing that dumb thing where I'm like watching the surgery, seeing if I can pick if and when someone would do such a thing and what that looks like. I have no medical backing, so no, but hmm. uh, I think it's it's that kind of sort of paranoid glancing over Seth's shoulder, uh, muttering to myself about procedures. So, Mina, you stay in the the central chamber of the room, whereas Warden, Nero, and Seth are in the side room. All yes. the walls have been laid over with metal containers. They're either the drawer units that, that Piper now knows the purpose of, but no one else does, or other various blinking lights cogitator units. It's floor-to-ceiling, very much a mechanicus space now. Inside the surgical room, it's three of the same beds uh, that you had laid on originally Nero when you had gone to visit and had your yep, scans. Yep. The middle one clearly has the scanning equipment over it. The other two are for other various procedures. The one closest to the door is empty. The scanner one is actually running live. You can see the scanner passing over uh, Piper's body as the surgery is carried out. <laughs> However, by the time you arrive, Piper does not look like Piper. Piper is a mass of wet meat, Listening uh, <laughs> organs and blood uh, and skin being uh, attached over these various pulsing vessels. Uh, let's roll this check. Look, so, there's one thing I know about 40K technology it's that it's sterile and clean and effective. This is going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, so, Piper, you are, I, I will let you do the roll because I think oh, it's great. more fun when yeah. it's you. Um, you will be rolling three yellow. And one green. Okay. You also receive two boost because this is an excellent facility. Uh, However, it will be against 
four difficulty, like four difficulty. Yeah. Uh, one of which will be red because I'm going to spend Oof. a story point. I'm going to take a wild guess that you're also going to spend a story. Uh, point. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am going to add two. So it's three purple, one red. I'm going to add two setback. Uh, because not. Because he can't, it's not because he can't do the surgery. It's because he's trying to make you look exactly like an older person who's much bigger than you, which is just inherently hard. If and yeah, he needs to fair. be able to turn it back. That's our dice pool. Let's see what. Okay, happens. rolling. I'm so scared. Okay, this is weird. They're always weird when. Oh it counts. no! What do you? Oh got? no! I think I know. One triumph, and yet. One despair. Oh. <laughs> what? Fuck. Holy shit. Sorry, Ryan. Wait, that's the rule? Yeah. Because they don't cancel. The triumphs and the despairs happen regardless of. They can theoretically cancel each other out. And then this is a wash, but it's more interesting with the triumph and despair. So we're going to go with the triumph and despair that balance. The, yeah, they don't cancel. So Yeah, they, they go through regardless. The success yeah. and the both failure of them happen. cancel. Yeah. But, but both the triumph effect. Happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was he, a wild roll. He completes the surgery using uh, multiple mechadendrites that he has attached to himself on a backpack rig that Ignatius straps on. It allows him more arms. It also allows him to plant himself. You can see two that are attached magnetically to the floor to stabilize him as a platform. Mm -hmm. And you see the end of the surgery where different laser cutters are sealing the wounds shut in ways that leave scars. But you can see from where they're placed, they're around the shoulder blades and in mid torso areas that'll clearly be covered by clothing, even in what Rancid would traditionally wear. Mm -hmm. That's pretty flimsy and revealing. And at the end of this Piper, you sit up and you turn around to face the group and they look at you shocked and you gesture a la Batman <laughs> for a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and the mirror comes around and you look, and what you see is a person who barely looks human. Um, it is a, a lumpy, I, I, this is just the perfect reference. It's a little bit of the rubber suit from I Think You Should Leave. Like it's just, <laughs> oh, it's bigger wow. than you. The proportions are off. If you open your mouth really wide, you can see there's another mouth inside it. The eyes are sunken too deep. Like this is a costume that that is has been flesh stapled over your flesh. You can barely move inside this thing because it's so heavy. Rancid is nearly twice your side size, and that much bone and muscle yeah. has been added on top of you. And it's being fed by your heart, which is not used to this strain. So you are just in there. <sighs> However, what you know is if you are compelling someone to believe this is rancid. The details don't matter. And this suit has all of the proportions completely right, which means you don't have to sell them on this random person is rancid. You have to sell them on this face is rancid's face. And that will make this so much easier for you to convince one or two people who come into the room. So you will never be able to get away with being rancid in any sort of public forum. But your odds of succeeding, if they can get someone into a room with you, are astronomically good. To the point that, like, we'll do a check, okay. but it should be a breeze. Okay. However, the rest of the party is not aware that this will help you with your psycher check the way you are. <gasps> they see a lumpy potato nightmare <laughs> of living flesh. Uh, how do you react, rest of party? I'll take a good long look at Piper and I think I'll turn to Nina and uh, and Seth and just be like, well, I hope your guys' side of things went better than that. <laughs> Mina, that's all you hear. So you enter the room and now see the nightmare. He's like, what? Oh my Lord Emperor, what happened? Well, I think it's pretty good based on the amount of time I had, and it has to be reversible, and I had to put a bomb in it. So there was like a lot that was not entirely reasonable. So uh, it's hooked up to her heart. She's not really going to be able to move, but I did get a bomb in there. I didn't put it in your brain because that would wreck your brain. So it's inside the, the, the head I put on top of your head. 
Uh, if she has to wear this for more than like two days, she's gonna die. Shouldn't <laughs> be longer than today. Ah, oh, good. Then she'll be fine. She'll. I mean, I might take like ten years off her life, but I can put a new heart in there, and it'll be great. Can I talk at all? Uh, imagine I'm just like, talking. Whoa. No, I think it's. I'm gonna go with. I think you should leave version, which is you can talk more inside the mouth. So like it echoes weirdly. <laughs> just Carl Havoc now. Yep. Oh, like, but what? What? Can can give? Oh man, you're welcome. Can can give? You're welcome. Oh yeah, you're an you're an astropath. You guys don't get that last forty, anyways. What is a forty? See, you can see the mouth doesn't work very good, which does make her sound like rancid. Ha 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 ha. Ignatius, you're. Uh, I mean, this might be your masterpiece. Thank you. All right, so I got the servitors to build a wheelchair, uh, and he goes oh over and God. wheels around a chair identical to Rancid's. And he's like, I'm going to need your help putting her in. Just kidding, I'm really strong. Uh, and his mechanoids wrap around Piper and just put her down in the chair. And you can all see a vague outline of Rancid in this. Uh, <laughs> what What do you do? This is kind of... I, I have to say, the- much like um, in, I think, you should leave it's like the, the body is dead but the <laughs> eyes are so alive <laughs> and they are wide and they are screaming at you all <laughs> Seth says uh, um, I have to make a call <laughs> he's gonna he needs to get on a, a Vox thing with Gazzy right away and, and tell him like we will be needing that distraction plan accordingly right. dress your father in something that obscures his face as much as possible. Yeah, Mina has like picked up the rosary that she keeps around her waist and is like closed her eyes and is praying under her breath. She's just like, maybe ten hail emperors will fix this. Maybe, maybe. I was gonna throw out my arms, vaguely frustrated at everyone, be like, Yeah, and the fucking car is great. Thanks for asking. And then I'll just go over and like nudge uh, Potato Piper knowing that she can't respond properly. Just be like, honestly, you know, I feel like it's so little recognition these days. And I'll just like pat her on the side of the face um, and be like, honestly, kind of like you better this way. Uh, and I'll just shoot her a shit eater grin and uh, be on my way. What are all of you going to wear to the heist, knowing that you're showing up as the heist team? Obviously not rancid, because Piper has to be shipped over and dressed like the governor. Um, well, yeah, what are the rest of you going to wear? My, are you just my, in your traditional uniforms, my or are you going to dress up? And, and jacket, yeah. My long coat with my enforcer carapace and camellia line camo. Yeah, I think Mina's going to wear the the same thing. She's going to wear a dress, probably like super dark red, but still the same kind of style and her armor and her stuff. But I think she will actually do her hair slightly, like braid it so that it's back so that she could put a helmet over really easily or like something else. So she looks she looks like she's a little fancier, but it's in mind to be useful. (laughs) Um. Mina, if you're wearing something big and, and colorful, um, is that something we could slip onto one of these Imperial Stormtroopers who will be in our... Uh, sorry, oh, our she could definitely... Yeah, she could give, like... A, she has a bunch of the same dresses, so she could okay, fantastic. definitely yeah, yeah. give so, them one. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, similarly, I'll dress like I'd normally dress, um, but keeping in mind, I'm... I'm playing up the I got kicked out of the car angle. Yeah, you're staying behind. So, so I, I will say Invictus will have scrounged up two stormtroopers that are approximately the height and kind of coloration as Seth and Mina. Right. So if you can supply the, the dress and Seth probably supply a second coat, they'll be disguised enough in clothes Perfect. to be able yep. to pass mm-hmm. from a distance. Okay, awesome. He, uh, then we don't I, need to worry about that. We talked about disguises like way earlier. And was there a discussion about uh, um, technology or devices to mask or change our voices? Uh, there has not been a discussion about it. Okay, sorry, I, I thought there was. Do you was. want to have that discussion? Uh, I was thinking just if it had already been established, if it would be easy enough to just pick up whatever that device is as something like I can speak as Seth uh, uh, before getting 
before doing a quick change and then having a different sort of like guard's voice so that I might be able to speak without having my voice recognized. Um, um, how many, what's your strain threshold? Let me scroll up and see. The threshold is 12. Great. Uh, I will take two off of it for the night and you've got your voice thing for free. Okay. Uh, it'll be in the same Mission Impossible vein. It'll be a piece that you can slap over your throat and it will match your skin color and then it digitally will kind of press on your voice box but change it in whatever way you choose. It'll still sound human. Fun opportunity for Tyler to do a second voice. Yeah. Um, Mina, would you want one of those as well? So, I think in in actual game, it probably would be a good idea, but I think it's funnier if she just tries to make <laughs> Mina is Mina. Mina is Mina. Mina just She'll tries try. to put on a voice. Yes, exactly. She's going to try to be a guard person. So, Seth, you get a message back from Gazzy. It's just written because you were over the encrypted network, not taking kind of long phone calls. Yep. Um, he will dress the governor to match whatever you have, but people will see the governor before you get there, and he doesn't know if he'll have time to change the outfit. So here's a question for your team. How do you dress Piper, who cannot dress herself? Uh, I mean, we have a good wardrobe of, like, clothing for high-status people, so it's not too bad, right? At you least have, to start. You have a good... Yeah, you have a selection of clothing, which includes outfits for high-status people. None of them are rancid size. Yeah, nothing's mm. tailored to sort of an amorphous blob man. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, of muscle, so yeah. just that like <laughs> sagging old man muscle. Right. I'm uh, I'm gonna pitch for uh, acknowledging the the mus the the musculature mess, but also the fact that it has to be flashy because he looks like trash. Um, I'd like to try and make like a Zardoz uh, style, like fashion a Zardoz like mankini situation with maybe like a He-Man style crest thing going on in the chest, just a, like a bunch of shit that will both accentuate the body in ways that people won't want to stare at, uh, but then also is, like, clean enough. Because, honestly, we, we know that Gazzy is just kind of a... Or, sorry, Rancid? Rancid, yeah, Rancid. Up. We know Rancid's kind of enough of a mess that, like, I don't think they would bother dressing him up in tremendously fancy things anymore because the all the, like, drugs and biomod stuff is finally broken. So... I don't know. That'd be my, my pitch. Right. So I like think that in a shawl or something, because it's not really that much fabric and we can probably stretch it out. Yeah. So let's do So it'll be a Zardoz like X of red leather straps with like a symbol at the chest of the, the house that you mm -hmm. riff together and some a red, almost bikini brief bottom. Uh, that's, oh, if I can have one extra thing, I will give Piper uh, one of her like cigarette sticks. Like I'll just jam it through both the mouths awkwardly. There we go. Because as much shit as I like to like kind of rub in the wound, I'm also aware of how unpleasant this all is, and it's it's one of those small creature comforts. It's really the only thing we can do for her. So make sure she at least has that jammed in the weird Popeye mask. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. So Piper is smoking while her flesh uniform uh, is weighing her down uh, and this is happening. Seth, what do you add to the outfit? Um, some nice like hangover sunglasses. Like, like uh, I think actually <laughs> like, like heavy duty like ocular surgery glasses. Like not just oh, like the, two lenses but visor like versions? big visor kind of glasses. Yeah. Yes. Uh, um, I think that's uh, well enough established that uh, the governor and his son are both uh, uh, indulgers of all all the drugs uh, under the sun, so some some hangover glasses I think would also help obscure the face. So that's that's kind of the the goal there. <laughs> Great, uh, Mina. What do you add to the outfit? Oh man, so I think she would just give some uh, like jewelry, she, like an aquila bling, like <laughs> one <laughs> nice. of those, like with the with the two birds. To just be like, yep, and imperial stuff. There you go. That's a governor. <laughs> Perfect. Piper, you're inside flesh hell, desperately trying to smoke a low stick uh, while everyone dresses you. Uh, you do have enough movement with one of your hands to be able to tap out a request a warden if there was one thing you wanted to add to your, your rancid costume in terms of wardrobe. Um... Ooh... I think I don't even think she's she's not even focused on on uh, the clothes at all. I would I would like her to use the opportunity to just be like, m make sure Mina gets the kill switch. 
<laughs> Mina gets the kill switch. It's just like her, like, Mina! <laughs> Warden nods and will hand the kill switch to Mina after she gives you your bling. That's uh, Warden, honestly as much like clothing, extra clothing as she's like happy to have. <laughs> and Warden will turn and look back to you and tap briefly on his chest. And he just says, you are a brave abomination. <laughs> uh, and then he turns and starts pushing your wheelchair and you all ride down to your separate vehicles uh, to go to the heist. Because Seth, oh, you will need to drop off uh, the new fake governor, because that cannot go in through the front door. Yep. Uh, and meet the party inside uh, who are taking the Torox. So with a fleshed out abomination and a bunch of confused but very convincing heist people, it's time for you to go and decide a governorship, maybe start a cold war, and see if you can find one of the sons or daughters of Fabius Bile. This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter as Interrogator Nero Abignale, Laura Hamstra at EL Hamstring on Twitter as Piper Fairley, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Seth Corbin, Del Borvik at Deltastic on Twitter as Sister Olian Mina, and our Game Master Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borvik at delborvik.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator, and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, the half-blind prophet. Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby. One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield. Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Benjamin V, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Anna Zed, Eric Williams, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Acrix, Cameron Ezel, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Austin Nut Powers Fry, Stabby Stranger, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. In the year 1889, there was nowhere in the world more exciting than London, England. Three cheers for Inspector Lestrade and the bad boys of Baker Street themselves, Sherlock Holmes and Dr. John Watson! Solved by Sherlock Bloody Holmes of 221B Baker Street. Well, with any luck, we'll get a new brutal murder any day now. God, I wish. It's truly shocking you haven't solved anything in five years. The boys are both out of town for some case about a dog in Dartmoor this weekend. Sincerely, Martha Hudson. London's number two detective team just became number one. Fox and Stallion. Find us on Twitter, Instagram and Tumblr at 224BBaker or on our website 224BBaker.com. It's like they say, big breaks are 90% luck. What's the other 10%? Luck.